Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on through Genesis with chapter 24. And in chapter 23, Sarah, Isaac's mother, had just died and Abraham's wife. And then we move on and it's just Abraham and Isaac and their servants now. In verse 1 of chapter 24, Abraham was now a very old man and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Okay, so this was a custom in their culture and it is a very serious way, a very intimate, serious promise and an oath that they're promising each other they will not go back on this oath. It's a very serious promise. In verse 3, Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Remember, the Canaanites are bad people. They're not great people. They're not God's chosen people. In verse 4, Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. So they're in Canaan. That is the promised land that God promised Abraham. But Isaac cannot marry anyone there because they don't follow God. And in verse 5, the servant asked, But what if I can't find a young woman who was willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded, be very careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. So this is very serious business. He's standing firm on this promise that God gave them, and he doesn't want anything to mess that up. In verse 8, if she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. So we're going on a mission. He's sending his servant on a mission. And get ready to hear the first rom-com of the biblical times. In verse 10. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master, and he traveled to distant Aram Nerim, where he went, to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He had made the camels kneel beside a well just outside of the town, and it was evening, and the women were coming out to draw their water. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, Please give me a drink of water from your jug. If she says, Oh yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. So we're going to pause again here. He brings 10 Campbells, and 10 is the number of completion. He's on a mission to complete this mission. And he brings 10 camels, and 10 is also the number of the law. 
ten there's ten commandments, and ten is often referenced as as a, a law number. And we'll continue in verse fifteen. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, "Please give me a little drink of water from your jug." "Yes, my lord," she answers. "Have a drink." And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, "I'll draw water for your camels too until they've had enough to drink." So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for his camels. Pause. Okay, so she's a very beautiful. She offered water to the camels. There's ten camels, remember, and these water jugs that they carried on their shoulders—they're not light little plastic gallon jugs. They're heavy ceramic jars, and she's running back and forth from the well, lifting the water. Pouring it in the trough, and she does this until all ten camels have enough to drink. Now that's a lot of work. This isn't just a light little task. This is like a lot of legit physical work. And so she is beautiful, and she's a hard worker. And she's probably dirty, filthy, and sweating from her brows. Like she's she's working it. In verse twenty one. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. He's probably taken back. Like this woman showed up before he even finished his prayer. God brought her forth. In verse twenty-two, then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large bracelets for her wrists. And that's This amount of gold is probably roughly around four ounces of gold, according to what I researched. So that's not a small gesture. That's a pretty large gesture for that time. In verse twenty-three, whose daughter are you? He asks. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milca. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. He praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. He said, "The Lord has shown me unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives." So. The Lord guides us through life. If we trust and obey God, He is faithful to guide us and lead us exactly where He wants us to be, and we can move forward with Him. And in verse twenty-eight, the young the young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. She's probably taken a little back by now. I mean, she's working it for the camels. She's got gold in her on her wrists and nose, and I mean, she's been working it, and he's been watching her. He sees her character. He was watching in silence and observing her character, not just her beauty, but her character. In verse twenty-nine, now Rebecca had a brother named Laban, who ran out to meet the man at the spring. 
He had seen the nose ring and bracelets on his sister's wrists and had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said. So he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come and stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have a room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served, but Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said, tell us. So remember, he's on a mission to complete the mission. That is his primary, he's focused. He has no distractions and he's staying on his mission. He's not going to let anything distract him from this mission. He's on task. Verse 34, I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels in, and donkeys. So here we're getting his perspective. We're getting a, a different perspective of this story. In verse 36, When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. So he's basically talking Isaac up here, like, hey, this is a good deal I'm about to offer you. In verse 37, And my master made me take an oath. He said, Do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, What if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? And he responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived will send an angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my family, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So I'm going to pause again here. And so... I'm just going to point out a parallel. Even when we don't think it makes sense or when we mess up, God provides and we forget, we tend to forget that this life is temporary. And if we follow and trust God, he's going to provide for us because there's an eternity ahead and God has a mission for us. And we need to stay undistracted and focused on that mission. And here, the father, Abraham, sent a servant to find the perfect son bride for his son. He's, he sent he sent somebody out to find the perfect bride for his beloved son, the one that he loves so much. And this is parallel to Father God when he sends out the Holy Spirit to find us and he gives us, when we accept his perfect son who died on the cross for us, the Holy Spirit enters our life and we become the perfect bride of Christ for Christ through the church. The church is the bride of Jesus and we become that perfect bride for the Son of God who he loves so much. And we'll continue in verse 42. So today when I came to the spring, 
So the servant is still telling the story here. So today, when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. Oh, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside this spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a drink of water from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, oh yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So she drank and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, whose daughter are you? And she replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel, and my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed low and I worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I'll know what to do next. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with them stayed overnight. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, Send me back to my master. So I'm going to pause again. So he pours out gifts. So they all know, like, this guy's legit. And there's a grace. And now that he knew his his mission, his his mission was in the state of completion, they could eat and celebrate and rejoice. And, and God's gift is the Holy Spirit. And just like all these gifts prove that he is legit, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in our lives is God's assurance that his promise is legit too. We get to live in eternity because we have that promise and the Holy Spirit proves that it's legit. And um, it said in verse 40, in the Lord in whose presence I have lived, Abraham was telling his servant, "Will he will send an angel. And he says, I have lived in the Lord's presence and we get to live in the Lord's presence. God doesn't want us to just know about him. He wants to know, he wants us to know him and to live in his presence. So we will continue with verse 55. But we we want Rebecca to stay with us at least 10 days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. So this was a surprise to them. Like their daughter was just out getting water a few hours ago. And now all of a sudden she's getting married and leaving. They weren't prepared for this. They weren't expecting this by any means. So they're like, can we have just 10 days? But he said, don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. 
he's excited. He wants to go tell his master, hey, God did this. God's, God completed this mission. In verse 57, well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca and said, are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. So not only is she given permission, but she is also asked if she is willing to go. And marriages were arranged back then. The woman's opinion wasn't often asked. So that just proves how much they respect her character and integrity. Like they wanted her in on this. She's going a good bit away. It's not like she's just going up the road. So they want they want her, they value her her opinion and her thoughts. And that says a lot about this family. In verse 59, so they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. This is the same prayer that God spoke over Isaac, by the way. In verse 61, then Rebekah and her servants, girls, mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in Negev, had returned from Beer Lairoi. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. So this is the first we hear of Isaac since he was about to be sacrificed on the altar. We haven't heard of Isaac. We knew that he was sacrificed on the, or he was offered as a sacrifice on the altar. And God said, no, 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 no. Just, just, just check and make sure you're still with me here, Abraham. We haven't heard from about Isaac since then. And we know time has passed. We know his mother has died. We know he's likely very sad about that. This is a very close family. So now we're going to get back into Isaac's size here. So he looks up and he sees the camels coming in verse 64. When, when so they're going to see each other, boom, 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 in verse 64. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. She, who is this man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked her servant. And he replied, it's my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother's tent and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. So he sees Rebecca, and he's like, score! It was love at first sight, y'all! So God uses this marriage to comfort Isaac in his mourning. He's mourning the death of his mother, and this is this is a comfort to him. And it, in this time of grief, it... Rebecca ends up comforting Isaac and Rebecca also gets elevated to a whole new level. God is able to move in every circumstance and situation. And remember there were 10 camels and 10 is the number of the law. And she got off the camels and left the law. And because she was brought to Isaac and Isaac represents the spirit and the the spiritual side of God. And so she left the law and became united with the spiritual side. And it's just like when we, the law guides us, the law is there for a reason. It guides us and tells us what sin leads to and how hard it is to avoid sin without Jesus. We can't do it without Jesus. And the law guides us, but Jesus saves us. 
So she walked away from the, the law because she was brought to Jesus. And God has a taller mountain of grace to pour out on us, on our mountains of grief, when, we, when we're grieving and when times are hard. God's mountain of grace and comfort is way huger than our grief if we open up to him and let him pour out on us. So that is the very long story of the first rom-com in the Bible. And I just imagine them running to each other as they see each other like, oh man, you're beautiful. And she's like, oh man, you're pretty hot, dude. And they're just all excited to see each other for this very first time. So this is a very exciting story. And again, there's those parallels of the law only gets us so far, but Jesus takes us the rest of the way. So that is verse tw- or chapter 24, where Isaac marries his wife, Rebecca, and we will continue on tomorrow. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.